the screen just flashed because I turned the video recorder on. I thought that this was worthwhile talking about for the other people to understand that so much of what we carry around is not my business. And so, in fact, in this regard, what's online, what's on Reddit is not your business. It's not my business what people say. Even if they put your name on it, it's still not yours because the name that they put on it is not actually you. It's the you that they have in their own mind. They're not actually having a discussion with another person. I still online. can't see you. All right. Well, we'll turn this on and off again. That should show it up. Okay. Yeah. Now I can see you. Okay. Yes. So when we can learn to read... Um, the, the criticisms on mine as not my business, then we can begin to handle the criticisms that we hear from other people. Because mm -hmm. if someone criticizes me, I'm reactive to that too. Like right, but personally. they can't criticize you. They don't know who you are. You don't even know who you are. What they're criticizing is something in their own mind. Okay. They don't know you. I obviously That's, don't see it that way because I get, well, you know. Well, it's liberating to recognize that they're shooting in the wild. They're shooting in the dark. Yeah. That you are not what they think you are. And in that regard, every target that you become is because you become that target intentionally. It's like it's a shot in the wild, a shot in the dark, and you see that arrow flying in that in your general direction, and you'll mm -hmm. stand right up to let them hit the target. Okay. 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 Do you actually get in the way of their wild shot? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Here's a here's a silly example of that. This is a Muslim story. And it's about a guy who was, um, he went into town and all of a sudden staring right at him was death itself. Okay, apparition, whatever you want to do with a long robe or whatever like that, a long black one, a fierce face or whatever, but he sees death right there in town and it scares him. And so he gets on his horse and he rides and he rides and he rides until the horse is exhausted and he's exhausted and he sits down under a tree, a lonely tree out there in the middle of nowhere. And behind a tree steps out death and says, I saw you in town and I knew that we had an appointment under this tree today and I was wondering how you were going to get here. Do you get the gist of that story? No. The gist of the story is, is that he ran towards his own death. Okay. He was nowhere near in danger until he saw the face of death, and then he runs right to it. Okay. We do that a lot. That yeah. we'll hear danger and we'll run right to it. So if somebody calls you ugly, let's say, on the internet... It's not really you that ugly, it's their image of you that's ugly only in their mind. But when you believe them, when you take that, then it's painful because you let that target or that arrow ugly hit you. 
mm-hmm. instead of just letting it pass by. I don't know who you're talking about. There ain't no nuglies around here. Yeah, uh, okay, but like sometimes I'm really falling below standards. Like, okay, like at work, if I'm not performing well enough and I get a bad review, but that's true. I really was performing not well enough. Well, here's the thing about jobs, and this is something that I teach generally, and when you understand it correctly, jobs really are never about performance that the worst performing uh, employee may or may not be the one who's fired, but the performance issue is a relative based upon, let us say, the boss's attitude. And so if the boss has a bad attitude about you and he doesn't like you, then he's going to blame you for your poor performance. And so what I recommend is is that everybody can begin to see their job in a completely different way, that your job is not your job. The real job you have is making friends with the people that work, especially the boss. To make friends with these people, to be close to them, to be friendly with them, to be generous to Mm -hmm. them to tell them that you like them, to give them little gifts, a smile, everything like that, and see that the workplace is actually a place for you to be friendly. Now, here's the thing. Uh, The boss, even if he has to fire two or three employees because of a cutback of whatever, and he will think of in realms of performance, but really he's not going to fire his best friends. That's very, very rare that it happens. It happens so rarely, in fact, that it becomes kind of a a legend or something like that out of history. But kings will often keep incompetent people around because he's their friends. But other people go around saying, oh, they're just yes men. Well, maybe that's part of the friendship. But the whole point is, is that human society is built upon friendship, not performance, even if people are ignorant to that. And so instead of going, um, uh, trying to get out of the way of being blamed for poor performance, instead take the attitude and begin to change to make friends with the boss, be friends with the people that work. Okay. That's an important thing. You think that you can begin to do that because your performance is not the point. The performance is not the point. Mm-hmm. It's the the way that people feel is the point. Yeah. And so if, if the boss says he does not like your work, the emphasis is upon the your, not the work. This is an important point. But if you're his friend, then he's not going to criticize you, and therefore he's not going to so criticize your work. Okay. This is this is psychological. This is actually fundamental to the Dhamma, is, is that our performance, our doing, um, is not really the issue. It's the relationships that we have with other people. This is why metta is so big and friendship is so big in the Dhamma. 
that in fact you would be uh, uh, greatly benefit by uh, being online with the Sangha and talking about things and having friends around. You need friends. But the only way that you're ever going to get friends is by being friendly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a big change that needs to be made, and this is a good direction for us to take um, this talk, is in the direction of uh, the change that you can make from your attitude about you want to avoid uh, criticism because of poor performance into now that issue is, is let's make friends that in fact even on online when people criticize you it's because you're already not friends with them the people online don't criticize their friends they protect their friends even if they don't agree So this is the way of, of, of going about it, even online, is to start being friendly and make friends with the people, even the ones who are criticizing you. Okay. That takes a change. Why? Because normally the normal perspective is, is that we are victims mm-hmm. to that criticism. We're the target of that criticism. And here we're learning not to be the target. We're learning to, in fact, become the champion, the person who is big enough to go make friends with the one who is shooting arrows of criticism. Okay, so the one who is being criticized is the victim. And we can change our attitude from being the victim of somebody else's criticism to becoming the champion. Okay, but how do you do that? Because if someone criticizes me, I mean, I have an instinctive negative reaction to it. Every human being has an instinctive negative reaction to it. But wisdom says you do not have to follow your instincts. You can follow your wisdom instead. Yes, it's instinctive. In fact, we know all about that. It's called the self-preservation instinct. That mm-hmm. when you're attacked online, it's almost the same thing as if a bear or a gorilla or a tiger is attacking you physically out in the wilderness. It's mm-hmm. a holdover. But wisdom will say, in reality, this is just words from someone halfway across the planet. And what they're saying is really not nearly as dangerous as that bear or that lion or gorilla that's actually physically chasing us. Uh-huh. But the instinct is the same instinct, a fairly stupid instinct, but it keeps us alive. Okay, fear, instinctual fear, self-preservation, that's built right in. Of course it is, okay? It's natural for us to feel that way. That's why we have such a terrible society is because we really hasn't come out of the jungle. Here humanity is building houses, villages, and cities for centuries. Why do we do that? To feel safe. We want protection, we want walls, we want boundaries, we want skyscrapers, we want a city. Guess what? The cities now are called, or have been for my whole lifetime, concrete jungles. Why? Because they're still dangerous. 
but they're dangerous not because of the inherent nature of the city itself. It's dangerous because of the people who feel threatened. And when someone feels threatened, they feel unsafe, unsecure, and now they've got to protect themselves. This is natural, instinctively natural. The question is, can we wake up to that and become more human and less animal-like? Can we use the wisdom of a human to recognize that somebody's statement online is not actually dangerous? Until we think it's dangerous, until we make ourselves a target. Oh, he's talking about me. Rather than, oh, he's just running his fingers or running his mouth. And so there we go of saying, oh, it's me they're talking about. This is what we mean by selfishness. And when we become selfish, that means that we're in danger because we bought into it. And the, and the, the buying into it is, is that he's talking about you. That, that's part of our society. The reality is, is that he's just talking to himself online. He's there at a keyboard by himself. You're nowhere around. Mm -hmm. The only you that exists at that time when that uh, email or that uh, comment was written was his ideas, his concepts, or her concepts, not you. You're in another city on a different computer living your own life. And okay, but what if you it's read someone that close stuff. to me? What if it's someone in my real life close to me who's criticizing me? You know, it's not always just online. Okay. Then if you can handle it online, then you can do the same thing when somebody's close to you. You can begin to see that they're still talking about someone that's inside their own mind. They don't really know who you are. And that in fact, if you react the way they expect you to react, then you're actually the victim in conforming, but you don't have to be who they think you are. You have a choice. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to feel bad because somebody is criticizing. You can just recognize that it's not you they're criticizing about. It get, in that level, we can use that statement, that's not my business. You can say anything you want to about whoever it is that you want to say it, but whoever it is that you're saying it about is inside your own head. It's not the reality. If they were in fact living in real reality, then they'd be your best friend because that's the real reality that we're looking for. The real reality is to be friends. And if we're real good friends, then criticisms are easy enough to take. It's only the criticism from enemies that hurts so much. That in fact, if the criticism comes from a friend, then it's actually constructive criticism. If it's coming from an enemy, then it's destructive in, uh, criticism. And whether it's friend or enemy is always in the mind or the eye of the beholder, just like beauty. You've heard that statement. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So is criticism. 
Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And so it's really much easier for you to hear uh, Mr. A criticizing Miss B than it is for him to criticize you. Yeah. Okay. So just when somebody's criticizing, let them in your mind say, oh, they're criticizing Miss B, someone who is an enemy. They're being destructive in their criticism. But me, little old me, I'm his best friend. And therefore the criticism is not destructive. Now it can be constructive. And the and the big issue is, is the danger. Who's in danger? Because friends are not in danger. Enemies are in danger. And so if you see people as other, as different, as enemies, we see things tribal, racism, um, those wealthy people. Um, any time we take a person and put them as something other than who we are, that distance them, turns them from a friend into an enemy, and therefore anything that they say will be seen as destructive. Okay. But if you, if you keep them close, if you make friends with them, then the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune are not nearly so painful, even if they hit you. But more than likely, it doesn't happen. I think that you understand that yourself, that you would probably more likely criticize someone who is not a friend and not criticize the people that you think are your friends. You don't tend to criticize Right, you tend to build them up. Okay, so the more people you see as friends, the less dangerous is going to be out there for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so those people who are on the internet, you can see those as friends. The people who criticize you face to face, they're not criticizing you, they're criticizing something inside their own mind. But I don't see them as friends. Okay, here's something that you can change. Okay. Start seeing everybody you meet as a friend. Okay. Start seeing all of the old enemies, each one of them as you encounter them, and start making changes inside your own mind to change to see people as friends. Okay. This is what Sangha is really all about. And the noble Sangha means that everybody in that group sees everybody else as friendly. That's what makes it noble. And the only way that we can see everybody in the group as, as friendly is when we are ourselves feeling friendly. So we have to find that friendship within. And so this is where the practice of Anapanasati really gets valuable, is to start spending time being your own friend nurturing yourself, to stop criticizing yourself, to see the things that are heavy that you carry around and in a friendly, nourishing way, just drop them. Just say, oh, that's not my problem. That's not my business. Mm-hmm. Start and start being really easygoing on yourself rather okay. than performance oriented. Stop being performance oriented and start being friendly oriented. 
I remember years ago when they had beauty contest and one of the um, uh, uh, auxiliary kind of things was one who was we referred to as miscongeniality. Mm-hmm. Okay, that one is probably the better label to get than the beauty queen. And yet all of them want to be the beauty queen and many of them will be congenial in a false way so that they can, you know, become the beauty queen or get that title. But someone who is really congenial, really friendly, is because they know how to be friends with themselves. Mm. Okay, so this is what we actually are practicing in Anapanasati, is stop being critical. Stop being being uh, harsh on ourselves and start being nurturing. And so now that you're full of nurturing, then when criticisms come by, they don't have the weight. But if we're already criticizing ourselves and the enemy comes by and criticizing us, that's when it really hurts. Yeah. And so making friends with ourselves and then making friends with others should be the only goal that you've got in life. Okay. Because the work that you do is irrelevant. Uh, Yeah, okay. Especially if the boss likes you. If the boss likes you, if you're the good friend of the boss, then your work really is irrelevant. (laughs) Mm Okay. But the boss will never fire their best friend. They'll fire the ones they don't like. Uh-huh. And they don't even know that that's the criteria that they use. <laughs> yeah. Then, in fact, I did get fired one time from a job, and I know the reason why I got fired from the job is because I was big enough, wise enough, and smart enough to compete with my boss. Mm. He didn't like that at all. So I got fired not for poor performance, but that was what was on the title of the book. But the reality was is that he didn't want the competition. And funny, it took me a long time to learn that lesson. It was only on retrospect. Got internet problems. Right now. Okay, now you're back. Not really got a bad connection. Yeah, I was blanked out for like a minute. Okay, so you're back. Good. All yeah. Right. So what we're talking about is actually easy to talk about, but it's hard to do. But in fact, that's part of the confusion that you're having is in the sense of what he's asking me to do goes against my nature. I have not been spending my life trying to make friends with people. I've been spending my life competing with people. That's 
you know, I can see that in you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, um, and we compete because we're afraid. And we think that if we win the contest, then we're safe. So in fact, oh no, that just brings a new contest. That what we need to do yeah. is, is stop competing with people. Stop trying to perform well and start being friendly. And the best place to start is within oneself. That in fact, you compete with yourself. You compete with a set of standards. We've talked about this before, the rules that you make for yourself. Yeah. And so you're trying to, to, uh, to, to let us say, go along to get along with a set of standards that really uh, wind up making you unhappy and miserable. And so we can change those standards and give yourself the new rule would be to make friends with people, to be friendly. You don't have to gush all over people. Just a big smile is enough. And so you can pay attention to it that you in the beginning, because it's going to be hard to make friends with other people until you've really made friends with yourself. Okay. This is what is Anapanasati. Stop having the unwholesome thoughts that make yourself feel criticized and not good enough and feel like that you've got to perform and prove that you can perform. Instead, have the thoughts of nurturing, that you've already got it, that you're already okay. That you're good enough. You're acceptable. Nothing to do. You're already, you're loving yourself unconditionally. There's no conditions to it. You don't have to perform. All you have to do is to accept the joy. Accept the nurturing. And nurture yourself. Become friends with yourself. Including all of the warts and the dark spots and all the unfriendliness that you've had in the past. Because whatever you've done in the past has gotten you. Whatever you've done in the past has gotten you to this point and you're still alive. So you've been successful in the sense that you survived so far. So congratulate yourself for that. Nourish yourself for the fact that you've at least been able to stay alive. You haven't clutched yourself to death yet. And so whatever you've been doing has been successful enough. Can you just accept that without criticizing it? Mm -hmm. That the life that you lead right now is good enough. We can accept yourself just as you are in the situation that you find yourself because you didn't find it anyway. You created it. And so start to relish, start to be pleased with yourself, the situation that you're in, that you're already okay. You passed whatever tests that you had to pass. Mm-hmm. And so you can set down those kind of burdens of being good enough because you're already good enough. And you can enjoy that. You can relish it. You're okay. Nurture yourself. Um, 
TA talks about that uh, criticism versus nurturing, and another way of talking about it is kind of humorous, child's language, is warm fuzzy versus cold pricklies. And you've been giving yourself a lot of cold pricklies, and so you're in the habit of giving them, you give them to others. And so now we need to develop a habit of warm fuzzies, to be warm and fuzzy with yourself, nurturing, cuddling. Okay. And as you do that, you'll develop the skill on how to do that with other people. So that yeah, you can okay. be warm and fuzzy with other people too, and they like it. In this world, if you criticize somebody, they'll criticize you back. And here we go in criticism, back and forth and back and forth. But if you start giving them nurturing, if you give them some warm fuzzies, they'll stop criticizing so much. That's just a bad habit that we Westerners are in. Is giving as good as you get, right? <laughs> you got to fight back. And, and that's um, that's what keeps the whole world unhappy is this issue about competing, competition, doing a good enough job. You start accepting that you've already got enough job. You've already done it well enough. Mm-hmm. Hang on. You go to work now? No, I go shopping. Oh, okay. So in reality, all of this stuff is packed together. It's just one tight little thing. The teaching of the Buddha is not a big, vast bunch of stuff to memorize. I'm here. Okay, so you're back. Good. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so you're gone again. (laughs) Oh, I I, I can hear you, though. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Yes, uh, the image is, is moving now. So... This is the whole thing that I was about to say is, is that a lot of people think that Buddhism is very complicated and there's a lot of stuff to learn. Actually, uh-huh. that's not the case. It's not complicated. It's very simple. But that the lessons, those simple lessons, are hard to learn because it goes against the flow. It goes against the grain. It goes against the, uh, the old set of habits the patterns that we've developed to begin to remember that we can break those habits. We can change a little bit at a time, every time, in fact, that you remember it. This is why we practice to remember, to remember to come back and be in the here now, to remember to um, congratulate ourselves rather than criticize ourselves, to remember 
um, to be nurturing, to remember that you're already okay, that you don't have to do anything. There's no place to go and nothing to do, and the spring comes and the grass grows by itself. Have you ever heard that? It's a Japanese haiku out of Zen. Mm -hmm. Just sitting, no place to go, nothing to do, the spring comes and the grass grows all by itself. You don't even have to help the grass grow. It does it all on its own. And so uh, giving yourself that nourishment that you're already okay. And then you can become friends with yourself like that, warts and all, whatever. I mean, you do really hold a great big grudge against your past. There's stuff that's happened in the past that is downright yucky, and you know it. Guess what? Forget about it. Because all of that yuckiness is just part of the flow. Everybody has dark nature. Forgive yourself for it. If you keep poking that lion, he's going to come out of that cave and growl again. But if you nurture and like your past, forgive yourself for all of your past misdeeds. Be okay with yourself. Then we can begin to forgive others for their misdeeds also. But until we can forgive ourselves for our own misdeeds, we don't know how to do it for others. And so accept yourself, warts and all. There's a song, Simon and Garfunkel. I'm sure you've heard of them. You're, the, you're old enough to know about Simon and Garfunkel. They have a song of the sound of silence that starts with, hello, darkness, my old friend, I've come to talk to you again. Well, that yeah. darkness, then, when I was a teenager, I thought about it as uh, the kid, the, um, um, let us say the unhappy victim kid goes into his bedroom with the lights off, closes the door and plays his guitar. That was what I was thinking of was darkness, my old friend. But really, there's more to it in that, and that is that the darkness is not the, the light of the room. The darkness is in my own soul, my own heart. And we make friends with that darkness. We make friends with our worst nature. We make friends with the worst things that we've ever done to harm ourselves and others. We just accept that. It's okay. It's okay I screwed up in the past. By saying that it's okay, I can take a look at it and make changes to it. But if I don't like it, then I'm bound to repeat it because I don't see it. This is one of the reasons why we lie, and that's part of the path for um, uh, the Buddha, the Eightfold Noble Path, is let's start telling the truth. First, we start telling the truth and be honest with ourselves, and then we can expand that so that when we speak to other people, we speak the truth rather than trying to hide our darker nature from them. Mm -hmm. And so being honest is part of being friendly. That in fact, the worst performer who's lying to the boss about his performance and pisses the boss off because of the lying, he's more than likely going to be 
fired for that rather than poor performance. But if the poor performer is actually eager to find out what he's done wrong and very friendly with the boss, then he probably not going to get fired. Not for poor performance, it's going to be for poor, poor attitude instead, lying to the boss, covering it up. That even in politics, it's not necessarily the crime, it's the cover up. You saw that with the Nixon administration. You see that with Donald Trump. You see that in all kinds of political situations is the actual crime becomes secondary, that the big deal becomes the, the cover up. OK, and so that's also true at work at a, uh, an ordinary person's level. It's not the crimes that we commit, it's the cover up that will get us fired. And so that way, we understand that the best thing to do is to be friendly and honest, friendly with ourselves and honest with ourselves. If we're honest with ourselves, we can see what we've done wrong and fix it. And so, like I said, this is a very, very simple operation. It's just complicated by the fact we don't want to do it. Because we're not in the habit of doing it. It's something foreign. It's something strange. Mm-hmm. So this is the way that you can start to practice. To sit down and intentionally make friends with yourself. Okay. To take a deep breath. Relax. Let the body be in a safe, secure environment. So that you can begin to feel safe and secure. Not critical of yourself. No problems coming, no worries. Wow, what a relief it is to have no problems, no worries. Mm-hmm. And then when you develop that, you can take that into the workplace. So that okay. there's no problems and no worries and everybody there is a friend. Mm-hmm. No problems. No competition. Do you think you can practice this? Yes, I do. I do too. I think you can practice it. I already am. Okay. Good one. Yeah. So also, I would recommend that you spend time with others who are practicing this. This is mm-hmm. part of the reason we have the online Sangha, both the UK and the uh, uh, US uh, on Skype. We also have a Discord group. And so those are better groups to go to because the people there are not going to be doing much criticism. On Reddit, they're very good at criticism. They're very good at being enemies and competing uh-huh. with one another. But with the Sangha, they're getting very good at congratulating each other and helping each other through the Dharma, Uh becoming good friends. So I hope to see you posting. Okay. You need more friends. You're one of the people I know of that you need more friends. Always. Okay. So go get them. (laughs) All right. Okay. And the the very first one that you want to make really close contact with is Tess. Okay. All right. I will.
All right. Well, we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. I'll talk I'm you really glad. I'm really glad to see you again. Yeah, I'll be back faster this time. I'll be back sooner. Oh. All righty. Okay. Bye. Well, we'll see you. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye bye.